You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Cooling Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host and rebuilder of the Devin Funches hype train, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by some of the guys. We have resident old man, the duck father, Clark Barnes, uh, and ginger clean shaven man, a political wild card, Nick Potiphar. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great, Pete. How you doing? I am doing well. Normally, I have some sort of little gimmick planned for the opening of a show, but I realize now as I look at my notes, I just have just have the news. So any <laughs> any opening gimmicks that people want to quickly uh, explore? How much is the uh, is the bunch of side train back? Oh, it's back, Nick. Don't don't question it. It is back in full force. Like That's other than on this podcast. Oh, no, I mean no. for Pete. Oh, yeah. It's oh, he's a conductor. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm conducting the shit out of this train. It's going all the way, yeah. all the way to wide receiver one town where it'll be the. I mean, I, I, I'm not like super. The train is not as, as well built or as populated as it was last year before he got injured and before Andrew Luck retired. <laughs> when Andrew Luck was like playing for the Colts and Devin Funches was joining them, I was. So on board with him as a red zone threat for an offense that lived in the red zone and needed a, a number one target for Andrew Luck to throw the ball to. Then he retired. Then Devin Funches got injured. And now I'm taking the fact that the Packers didn't draft any wide receivers to me. Not that Matt LaFleur wants to run the football, but rather he is so in love with the talent of Devin Funches that he's like, you know what, Aaron Rodgers, you are going to have to make it work with this guy who's a future Hall of Famer. And I will uh, jump on that bandwagon. That's great. Wait, real? No, you actually think that they're but, not that Lafleur is not a donkey who's just going to run, run, run. Oh, I think that Dem Funches is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's what that's what you were asking. No, okay. I think I think Matt Lafleur. I think Matt Lafleur is saw the Forty ers offense run over him and kind of take him to task in the uh, yeah. NFC Championship game, and is like, "Well, shit, that's what I want my offense to look like." So, all right. So instead of instead of drafting a linebacker to help not get run over, he decided, nah, we're just going to equally try to run the football. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, this will be a fun year. The Devin Funches hype train is back on, <laughs> baby. <laughs> uh, we are going to play buy or sell today. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to get into some news. <laughs> Uh, the first news bulletin we've got, Andy Dalton has found himself a new team for the 2020 season, signed a uh, backup deal with the Dallas Cowboys. So there you go. In case I think that's uh, a super strong move for the Cowboys, and it made me ask the question of myself, would I rather have Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton? And surprisingly, I think I came down on the side of Andy Dalton. Hmm. 
intriguing. Yeah. I like it. Um, all of the intelligent people are reporting that, you know, the, the analytics department in, uh, in Dallas has, has taken over. And it's kind of interesting. We talked about last week, the, the uh, Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts is sort of their embrace of they have a number two quarterback. It's not just the, the backup. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if maybe the Cow- Cowboys are sort of uh, operating on some of the same data and analysis as their division rivals. He's also a guy who we've seen be very, like a very productive, efficient quarterback when he's surrounded by talent. He doesn't lift the talent around him, but he plays to the talent that's there. We saw that in Cincinnati. And so if Dak does get injured or anything happens to Dak, like Andy Dalton's going to step into an offense that's loaded with talent, and he certainly will not sink the ship. Yeah, I'm really surprised that he took a backup job. I don't think that Andy Dalton's fantastic, but I think he's okay. I think that he's a better quarterback than probably six or seven of the quarterbacks that are going to start week one in the NFL. And I, you know, this kind of sounds silly to have to say out loud, but it is important to have another option at quarterback because quarterbacks can get hurt. Even though Dak Prescott has been incredibly resilient, it's just a very smart move to spend some money on someone who's not going to completely tank your season. If your quarterback misses four games, read the saints and other smart teams. Are we going to realize that Andy Dalton actually isn't a ginger for the first time and that he's just been dyeing his hair red because he played for the Bengals because now his hair is going to change to blue now that he's on the Cowboys? He literally wanted to blend in. Uh, That's the kind of tough questions that we ask here on the RB1 (laughs) podcast. (laughs) These are the hard-hitting questions that you can only get here. This is the kind of journalism that's lacking in the uh, football community that we are the only ones who present. Uh, Also in the news, Chris Thompson signed a, I believe, a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I actually am a big fan of, uh, especially if he can stay healthy as a late-round flyer in in fantasy leagues. Chris Thompson, with the uh, Washington racial slurs last year, was on pace for like 700 yards receiving, I think, before he got injured in week four or something, and then he came back and wasn't able to fully rekindle everything. But he has been a pretty productive receiving back when healthy, and that's a a hole that the Jaguars have been – like looking to fill and it's not something that Leonard Fournette is really going to challenge him uh, for. So I like the, like him to be able to like come into Jacksonville and have some maybe decent fantasy returns. Clark, do you want to say anything bad about Jacksonville before I get going? I think that Chris Thompson is a good football player. And since he's gone to Jacksonville, I now will just never worry about him ever again. There you go. I love you, Gardner Minshew. That's it. That's all the nice things I have to say. Well, I think kind of a sneaky thing going on here is Jay Gruden is the quarterback's coach in in Jacksonville now. So they're they're reuniting. And I think that he will absolutely encourage Minshew to just, yeah, you don't know what to do. Just chuck it down to Chris Thompson or check down to to Chris Thompson. That backfield is really interesting. Um, I think it's, I think Fournette could get cut. Um, Divina Zigbo's there too. They drafted uh, James Robinson and Tavian Feaster. Also, Nathan Cottrell. I don't know who these guys are other than. These all uh, sound like Robinson. fake made up Madden, like rookies. Right. And then they got uh, Jeremy McNichols too. So he's just bouncing around to teams. But um, I, yeah, I think this backfield could be interesting. Yeah. I just think that there's, there's, there's not an incumbent, like, third down pass catching back that. Uh, Chris Thompson has to compete with for that role 
And to me, it just seems like that's something that the Jaguars offense has been missing, something that a young quarterback loves. They love tight ends and they love, you know, guys who can catch quick routes out of the backfield and make something out of it. Uh, and Chris Thompson could do that. So I think he's got sneaky, some sneaky potential if he can stay healthy for all 16 games and, and be a part of this offense. And like what you said, Nick, Jay Gruden is down there in Jacksonville, which means that he's not Chris Thompson's not having to learn a new offense necessarily, uh, you know, through during this kind of weird, funky off season. They, they have a relationship and he's yeah, they uh, the, the coaching staff doesn't have to figure out how to use him. Like Gruden can say, this is what he can do. This is what he can't. And this is how much we should use him because he's got a pretty prolific uh, history of injuries. Look at Bert go. I know. Bert is charging back and forth in our apartment <laughs> as he's like coming to say hi. And then I can't, I'm like trying to like push him off screen and then Becca calls him and he just goes charging. Ah! He's very excited. Yeah. Uh, George just tried to take one of my eggs. Anyway, let's, <laughs> some of your oh, wait, eggs. enough of the dogs. Uh, some notable fifth year options that were picked up and declined. Uh, surprisingly, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were picked up. Uh, I don't know why those teams did that. Along with Mike Williams, David Njoku, OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, those guys were all picked up. OJ Howard is a little surprising given uh, just how Bruce Arians uses tight ends and how he's been. But uh, notable declines, Mitchell Trubisky got declined. Bears suddenly realizing that maybe he was a bad idea. Uh, Leonard Fournette got declined. John Rosta got declined and Corey Davis got declined. So those guys are all now heading into their, uh, you know, free agent season. Yeah. I think an interesting defensive one is I believe the Colts did not pick up Malik hookers fifth year option, which baffles me. Um, he's had injury problems too, but like, but yeah, I wonder if there is something going on because he was a phenomenal he's in a phenomenally talented safety who yeah. was incredible in college and i it would be surprising to see them let that piece move so early on in his career yeah um as far as the uh the offensive players that you mentioned i the the john ross them not picking up his fifth year options is a, a big signal uh he broke out last year he got hurt and missed a ton of time but he was phenomenal in the games that he played in they're super confident in T Higgins, I guess, as taking over as the downfield receiver. I don't get it. I don't like what I see from T Higgins. He is uh, athletically challenged to the Supreme. And I don't know how a slow guy who, who had a vertical jump that is like decent for offensive linemen is going to win downfield. I think this is a bad call, but um, Ross, uh, there's still, I, I think he could still, like become Brashad Perryman kind of a thing. So that, that could be interesting. I, what do you guys think? You're that fast. You're going to get a lot of chances. I, I'm really curious why it didn't happen for him. And so the players like that always like to give up absolutely last and give them chance after chance after chance. Yeah, both he, both John Ross and Corey Davis are guys who I would be very excited to see them move to a different team uh, going into their fifth year and seeing what, can be done with them because John Ross had, I mean, if they, if they don't resign a long-term deal, but John Ross, like Nick's saying, put together, a, had a great start to the year last year, then got injured and that kind of, you know, set things back obviously, but he was on pace for, I think like a, I, I wrote it cause I wrote an article today on fake teams about ADPs that I love. And John Ross was one of them because he was on, on pace for like 70 plus receptions and a thousand plus yards and six touchdowns before he got injured um, through four or five weeks of the season which 
Like I'm all for that. And this offense is going to be much more explosive with Joe Burrow under center. So if he can put it together and put together a great season, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, he's a surprising one. Corey Davis kind of makes sense to me, but I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of potential there that just hasn't been quite tapped into by the Titans yet. And so I, I would be very curious to see if he does go to a different team, what team he goes to and uh, can they be able to like fully, fully utilize that potential that, I mean, he was like, what a top five pick I thought, which I didn't remember until I saw it. And I was like, Holy shit, that's, that's a bit much. Yeah. He, he's a, a noteworthy bust in my mind. I'm, I'm uh, not, I mean, depending on, I guess what, what you ask of him, I could see it signing or him being signed somewhere, but I think he's just going to do like a one-year prove a deal for a team that wants to kick the tires. Whereas I can see a smart team just going, all right, John run. Yeah. And you know, like, hey, they're not going to ask him to do, uh, do too much. No one's going to say, it'll be our ex go, go do it all. Um, anybody else on the list that was noteworthy. I, I'm, I'm blanking on who else is on there. That's it. Outside of Mitchell Trubisky and Leonard Fournette, in terms of offensive guys, defensive guys. All right, that's my connection. I'm back. I'm just really surprised with Corey Davis, and y- y'all know, doing this podcast with me for a couple of years, I have a hard time letting go. I just really expected him to be good, and when skill position players like him fail on teams like the Titans, I'm very suspicious that it may not be 100 percent of the player. Sure. So I'll, I'll be interested to see where he goes. And now. To, to be fair, it was the Marcus Mariota-led Titans. This may be a completely different ballgame uh, with even just a competent quarterback like Tannehill at the reins. So I'm also not giving Crazy up on sentence. Corey Davis. Uh, let's let's well, reflect on the fact that we just called Ryan Tannehill a, a competent quarterback. Right. Uh, well, you, you know my level for competence is much lower than I think a lot of other folks. Like, I try to say... But he is! You can't, you can't point to, You can't point you can't point to last year and not call Brian Tano a competent quarterback. No, I'm very curious to see this Titans offense this year, because if it can at all keep looking like what it was at the end of last year, that second part of last year, then it's going to be a phenomenal offense. And there's going to be so many weapons and it's going to be an offense that you want a large fantasy piece of, which in the past has not been true. And now Becca is trying to distract her with all her might. Get out of here. Um, if you don't like dogs, you should not be listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just public service announcement. Uh, finally, in the news, uh, on Monday, legendary head coach Don Shula died. So, obviously, our well wishes to the Shula family and sadness for that tragic loss. Yeah, Shula was a little bit before my time. I know who he was, mainly from cameos and movies uh, and just knowing a little history of the NFL. But I did see an awesome tweet uh, from Bum Phillips. Uh, may his go fuck himself completely for stealing my team. Uh, he said he can beat urines with his ends, and then he could take urines and beat his ends. So basically, like he could beat you with his guys, or he could take your guys and beat you with them too. That's just a really big compliment uh, in, in an NFL circle. So uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. He was far before my time. So I don't have. Uh, much to add, but great hair uh, game. Saw some cool yeah. photos of him. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's the news. Uh, all right. We're working it into buy or sell, but before we do that, we are going to take a quick advertisement break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's play by ourselves. I am your host and best friend, Peter Rogers, and let's meet tonight's contestants. He enjoys watching TV and placing his faith in the U.S. government. It's Nick Bodiford. Hey. And he's a secretive man who lives high in a cave and only emerges once a year to replenish his supply of mustard and check on how his stock portfolio is producing. It's Clark Barnes. Ask you not to tell people about the cave, Peter. My apologies. The game is simple. I will give five statements about the upcoming fantasy football season, and you'll each determine if you are buying or selling said statement. Now, points will be awarded by me for compelling arguments. Uh, and the contestants with the most points at the end walks away with today's prize. What are our contestants playing for today, Peter? Thanks, Pete. Right, today's contestants are playing for a six-pack of their choosing. Back to you, Pete. Wow, what a great prize. Are you guys ready? Yeah, this is worth it. Down off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Worth reacclimating with society for 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, all right. Statement number one a lot of excitement and a lot of hype has been made about these wide receivers, these rookie wide receivers coming in. Are you buying this statement, Nick? We'll start with you. Buy or sell. None of the rookie wide receivers will finish top 10 in PPR scoring at the wide receiver position. None will finish top 10. In PPR scoring, um, that yes, I am buying that. Yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of guys who are going to do really well. Uh, you can draw from the top thirty pretty much easily at this position and get a quality player as far as your fantasy team goes. Uh, I'm just I'm just running through mentally right now the the list, like. Yeah, I think just with opportunity-wise, here's what I'll say. Opportunity-wise, I think that there's a chance that Henry Ruggs could get there, but his opportunity could be 30 targets or it could be 120. So I'm not banking on that, but I, I think that the rest would be pretty tough. Oh, is that? That's that's the show that, sorry. That's the you're done, Bell? That's, okay. No, 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 no. That's not the you're done, Bell. That is the one point awarded for a good point. Oh, but okay. a good point by Nicholas. Two points to Nick. Continue, Clark. Do you right. buy or sell this? I agree that none of the wide receivers are going to – none of the rookie wide receivers will be in the top ten. So that's a buy, I believe, if I understand the rules. That is correct. Uh, so this is uh, – questions like this point, uh, show <laughs> why you should be so willing to trade future uh, dynasty rookie picks for really highly established – 
uh, veteran assets who aren't incredibly old. Uh, finishing in the top 10 at wide receiver in fantasy football is very difficult. I get to go second, so I have the advantage here. But Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Julio Jones. Uh, it's really hard to come into a new league and beat all of those guys and not get hurt and have a quarterback be competent. Uh, it's it's really, really hard. No, I don't think that they'll be able to, and that does not mean anything about me thinking that they can't be fantastic for years to come. Early lead by Clark Barnes employing the <laughs> let me just keep talking method. That's a good, it's a good ploy. Nick, meanwhile, made a concise point. Not how you play the game, Nick. <laughs> yeah, rambling. <laughs> rambling is very conducive to this game. Bert wants to play too. All right. Uh, statement number two. Clark, we'll start with you. Austin Eckler is a top 10 fantasy running back this year. Buy or sell? I will sell that. It is difficult to peg any running back as a top 10. San Diego is going to be a team in flux. Uh, they've done a lot to help their offensive line, but uh, is that going to be enough? He's a smaller guy. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor traditionally checks down to the running back all of the time. I don't have my uh, team of stats and information folks here with me because of uh, working conditions here, but I'm going to sell that. I think that's a little bit too rich for Eckler. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell that too. I was checking out the Tyrod stats uh, with LaShawn McCoy back in Buffalo like a week ago, and I, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but Ian Harditz at Roto World just put out his piece comparing like what to expect from Eckler, so everybody should go check that out. Um, I think if, if her memory serves, LaShawn McCoy was, was getting around 50 or 60 targets per season. Uh, last year, Eckler had like, I think it was 100. So he's going to see a, 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 he's still going to get a lot of targets, I think, but it's, it's going to be far less than what we experienced last year. I think that it'll be a running back too, but similar to, well, no, not so. Anyway, there are the, the top like 12 to 15 backs are really entrenched as just rock solid options. And I think that he kind of comes in at the tail end of that. Yeah. I, uh, so the article I wrote for fate teams about my favorite ADPs, Austin Eckler kind of headlined the list for me because I think there's potential. He could be a top 10 back. I think he's a lock for a top 15 back and he's currently going running back 19, uh, going in like the middle of the fourth round which is value I'm all for. Like, I think that the Chargers didn't get anyone to really challenge him in the backfield. It's going to be his role. And you guys are right to think like, okay, so how much is he going to see the same target workload that he saw last year? Likely not. Uh, Either Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert under center probably won't, you know, he won't be as focal a part of the passing game. But I still think that he certainly has fantasy value and as going as the RB19 that, I think that there's plenty of upside for him and that, that his value right now is pretty ideal. So I was curious to see how hyped you guys were about him this year. Yeah. I think if you set the number at like 15, this is a much harder question because I think that he's going to be good. Top 10 is just really tough to get into. And it's really a vote of confidence for, I know Philip Rivers isn't great, but I think he's good. And I think he's better than, than Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Now we'll have to see. I've always liked Tyrod. It'll be interesting to see him getting another shot. Uh, hopefully, and hopefully not seeing rookies starting immediately shenanigans, which would be bad for all of us Keenan Allen lovers. That's true. Good point, Clark. I don't know why, but I want the bell so much already. (laughs) Your ploy has worked. Yes! That's why we play the game. Uh, All right, statement number three. 
Let's uh, let's interrogate the tight end position this year. Nick, buy or sell, Travis Kelsey will yet again be the best tight end in football or uh, in fantasy football. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm going to buy it. I yeah. Uh, oh, is that because I complimented your question? That's because, yeah, yeah, um, that's a good point. Good point, Nick. Yeah. So with the world of COVID, um, relation on field relationships that have already been established are going to be really important. George Kittle will push him for tight end one, but I, I do like Brandon Ayuk a lot, and I think that he'll slowly come on. Um, Debo Samuel was so good at the end of last year, and Jalen Hurd's coming back. I'm really excited for Hurd. I think he's a good like late-round pick. But, um, yeah, I, I think that Travis Kelsey is just going to be a, a surefire, safe thing for Patrick Mahomes to continue throwing to, yeah, he'll be the tight end one. This is an obvious sell. Rob Gronkowski is back in the league. Rob Gronkowski, number one tight end again this year. Just go straight to the top with Tommy. Wow, so many bells. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like, I think Kelsey is the best <laughs> option, right? He's the only tall guy on a team that's probably going to score 800 touchdowns. But how can you not say, we have to disagree at some point, and this is my chance to get on this the first, first step Onto the soapbox, talking about Rob Gronkowski coming back. Felt a year away from football to drink vodka and heal all of his tendons and back stuff. It's going to be fantastic. Wow. Clark, taking a sizable lead in the uh, correct statements department. He is gunning for that six-pack. Nick better start complimenting the host a lot more if he wants to get back in this game. I really have enjoyed seeing Bert. Um, It's all right, Nick, stop begging for it. Yeah. Have some yeah. dignity. <laughs> All right. Statement number four, Kyler Murray. Uh, and we'll start with you, Clark. Kyler, Kyler Murray deserves, he's currently going as the number five quarterback in fantasy drafts. He deserves to have that draft spot. Oh, I'm going to buy it. I was really surprised by how well he did last year in his first year. And uh, he seems to be in a relatively stable situation. The Cardinals are trying to fix the offensive line and they doubled down on building a strength with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, folks say that Kyler Murray is a smart fella. And uh, if DeAndre Hopkins only has two people on him, he's open. So I don't see how that doesn't help their offense. And the Cardinals also have a lot of really other uh, good assets outside of Hopkins anyway. So I think Murray finished what as like the 10 or 12 quarterback last year as a rookie and for him to be number five. Yeah. I think that number five for fantasy. Absolutely. Number five for, like NFL skill, no, but for the fake game, I think that five rank is warranted. Yeah, I, th- I think it's reasonable too. Um, I think that that top group of Mahomes, Jackson, Dak Prescott is pretty locked in uh, as as the top three. I, I might actually have Dak Prescott as number one, but I got to get over my, my draft fever to, uh, yeah. We, we're we're going to need to see what, how, where, uh, what Kellen Moore is. Uh, you know, uh, what his grip on the offense is. But after that, I mean, I think Josh Allen's up there at four, and then it becomes, is it Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson? And I think I think Kyler Murray's going to have a lot of fun throwing to Deshaun Watson's old weapon. So, yeah, I quarterback five, yeah, let's do it. Buy it. Yeah. I initially, my initial question was, Kyler Murray uh, could be a top five quarterback this year. And then I saw that his ADP was five, and I was like, oh, well, Everyone clearly that wasn't an original thought I had. Everyone else thinks that he also is going to be a top five quarterback this year. I just think that the weaponry surrounding him is, you know, 
you can't argue with that. Uh, another year in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, another year in the NFL, another year getting accustomed. The the uh, Cardinals addressed the offensive line. They addressed, you know, getting him weapons. I think that he could take that, like, ascending step and be, like, maybe this year's Lamar Jackson uh, in, the, in terms of – I know it's a, a little bit of a different situation considering that Lamar Jackson was often, like <sighs> – not drafted. Bert's balls are dropping. He's getting really not, not in any of our leagues, sir. That's true. In our leagues, we were all over him, but he was, he was someone who maybe didn't have as much hype surrounding him going into the season and then became the QB one. Like I think Kyler Murray uh, certainly deserves being a top five quarterback drafted. I think he'll probably flirt with that position. I don't, like you said, Nick, I don't necessarily see him finishing too much above five, uh, just because of who's above him, uh, but you never know. All right, before we go into our final question, and we've spiced up the uh, the structure a little bit here for the last one, let's just do a quick quick old tally of where we are in the uh, standings here. Let's see, Nick, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nick with nine uh, correct points. Well done, Nicholas. Uh, and Clark, I believe, probably has the lead here with six, seven, eight, Nine, ten, eleven. Oh, all right. So eleven to nine. We're we're close as we go into the final statement or the final round of buy or sell that that six pack of your choice on the line here, people. Uh, Didn't Clark get like fifteen for the Gronk thing? <laughs> right, I was expecting eleven thousand. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, I, I miscalculated. Um, okay, for the final one, we have instead of me giving you a statement and you telling me whether or not you're buying or selling, I'm going to give you three players and you're going to tell me which one will uh, make this statement come to fruition. So pick one of these running backs to finish a top 20 option in 2020. We have Mark Ingram, who's currently going as the running back 20, David Johnson, who's going as the running back 27, or Todd Gurley, who's going the running back 33. Nick, we'll start with you. Uh I'll I'll take Todd Gurley for top 20 running back, please. Um, he's on a one-year deal. They're going to score a lot of points. There is no other – Quadri Allison, there is nobody else there. They didn't draft a running back. He's going to be getting 28 touches per game. The idea of David Johnson doing anything as a north-south runner in Bill O'Brien's backwards-ass scheme is, is laughable. And I think Mark Ingram – I think that he'll still continue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Boo. I think Ingram is still going to be okay. We're just okay. Uh, I think Mark Ingram is like a rock solid running back too. But J.K. Dobbins is going to get some work. Lamar Jackson takes a lot of work, and I think uh, Ingram was was well above his expected uh, touchdown scoring given the amount of yards uh, he had. So I think he'll have some touchdown regression. So yeah, give me Todd Gurley, and it it might be Todd Gurley's last full season in the NFL. Yeah, I like it. I'd take all gave me the most pause was Todd Gurley, the injury question. I'm probably just a little gun shy from my uh, he's going to be fine and everything's going to be fine stance last year. Uh, I agree that Bill O'Brien sucks and has no idea how to use running backs, but I also remember Lamar Miller being quite a viable uh, running back in Bill O'Brien's system, unfortunately. I think the Texans are going to score so many points that uh, anyone – could do a good job. David Johnson uh, had a pretty good start to the season last year before getting injured. So I, I think he's pretty easily inside the top 20. I think an absolute lock 
for the top 20, the top 10. No, Mark Ingram is still going to be an absolutely balling running back this year. I know that we just saw the draft and that the Ravens took a rookie running back. Uh, the Ravens uh, draft with a couple of years in the future. Mark Ingram was freaking fantastic last year. The Ravens are a contending team. He's still going to be the lead back. There's so much rushing to go around with that team that another running back coming in and getting you know, two, three, four touches a game isn't going to do anything to his value. If I cannot believe that Mark Ingram is the 27th running back. So he's going to be on all of my teams this year, apparently. Yeah, my my first thought is is Todd Gurley too because I feel like like all the reasons Nick pointed to, but also just like a change of scenery. You never know what it could do for someone, and I understand that he has been dealing with injuries, and that's something you have to take into consideration. He was the running back fourteen last year in PPR leagues, uh, so it's not as if he's coming from a season where he did absolutely nothing. And I think that Falcons offense has a lot of firepower, and we know that you know people can certainly produce in it in the running back field. So I think he has the best chance to do it. Mark Ingram. I understand. I get everything you're saying, Clark. My worry with him though, is just that like, I don't know why, but God damn it. NFL teams do not like giving Mark Ingram, like the workload he deserves. I feel like every time he like goes to a team, they're like, Oh, Mark Ingram, you are going to be our workhorse back until we bring in another back to split carries with you. He happened in new Orleans. He had like one great year with the Baltimore. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, we're going to get a rookie running back to kind of help ease the load. I still think he's going to be very productive. I wouldn't be surprised though, if he doesn't kind of uh, finish in the same realm that he finished last year. And given that he's going to be splitting with JK Dobbins, you always have Lamar Jack uh, Jackson back. there as a threat. And I know uh, crazy ass John Harbaugh said that they're going to use all four running backs they have, but I don't believe any of that. Well, good. I think they're going to score more points this year than they did last year, because I think Lamar is going to get better. Just, I just, I'm not worried about the rookie coming in because we were worried about that last year with Mark Ingram and how did that work out? There's going to be plenty of work. Yeah. To be clear, I really like Mark Ingram. I just wanted to uh, go back really quickly though. Clark, did I, did I hear you? saying that david johnson is a no-brainer top 20 because the texans are going to be scoring so many points yes okay side beer bet outside of the top 20 in 2020 okay someone write these down this year i got it i'm on it i'm on it bert Bert, stats and information bert Bert headlining (laughs) our stats and information and he is on it all right what do we have we have dj will be uh outside top 20 done Awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, and as we tally up the scores and tally up the dings, I do believe that it was Clark who was victorious for mentioning Gronk three times and talking about how Lamar Jackson is only going to get better. He is playing to the crowd, to the judge, and knowing what he's doing, knowing how the feels, game is It feels played. great. It, it just feels, feels like I've really done something today. So that, uh, that six-pack is coming nice and cold. Before we go and we wrap up the podcast, uh, Clark, let's check in. How are you doing at finding yourself a new team to root for, for t- in 2020? Let me, let's, let's hear where you're currently standing. So not very good, Pete. I've always liked the Packers and was just going to fall oh. back on the Packers, but they, they really upset But then me. the draft happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this is easy, but they've snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory here. <laughs> and, you know, Nick talking about how dumb Bill O'Brien is and how bad the Texans are going to be this year. You know, really just reminded me of that spark 
oh my that gosh. I have for that. Oh no! Team. And so the Texans are off. I think they're going to be off probation. I think I'm just going to root for the Texans again. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! What a what a what a like one eighty on this. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know I loved her until I saw someone else with her, and then and then you are you sure she's going to want you back? Well, that's I don't know. You okay. know, you can't force it. You gotta, yeah. No, you. What What do you? What would you do on the date to make to kind of woo her back? Oh, nothing. Like I'm not going to like. She's got to want it too. <laughs> like nothing special. I'm not going to beg. Okay. I mean, I think if you offer Bill O'Brien anything, he'll it's just true. give his players away. So <laughs> I, I think this shouldn't be hard. Yeah, I think I think all you need to do is just call up and say, "Hey, Bill, I'll give you." Like, Stop right there. You're back in. You're I whatever wear, you were going to say, Clark. You're in. I will wear my one jersey, DeAndre Hopkins, to some wing place sometime this year. That's what I'm willing to give. Wow. That's pretty I think big. That, that's good. That's, like that's the good. one thing you could do that he wouldn't like. Yeah. Well, good, because I don't like him. I just like Houston. So. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, that, that was that was a whirlwind, Clark. I Thank you for taking us on that journey with you. I'm glad that you've come to a, a resolution that you can feel confident about. Now, when Deshaun Watson leaves, all bets well, are off. Yeah, when Deshaun Watson heads to the Patriots, then... Uh, and he should leave. Deshaun, I love you, but... We can't have Bill O'Brien ruining our lives. Amen. And with that, we will let you get back to your lives. <laughs> Make Good sure to subscribe. Or, thank you, Clark. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we are there. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Until then, peace.